Episode 77, Lies of Socialism. Don't be duped. I'm your host, Dr. Justin Trosclair, and today we heard the truth from Russian-born Katerina Boshakova perspective. Join 2017 Podcast Awards-nominated host, Dr. Justin Trosclair, as he gets a rarely seen look into the specialties of all types of doctors and guests, plus marketing, travel tips, struggles, goals, and relationship advice. Let's hear a doctor's perspective. Welcome back to another show. If you like accents, we got another one. <laughs> like I mentioned last time, we have a running a review competition. Write a review on wherever you listen to this podcast, even online. Snap a picture of it. Screenshot it. Email it to me, justin at doctorsperspective.net, And you'll be in a drawing to win a, either a t-shirt or a book. You know, if you want to say, hey, I really prefer X, Y, and Z, yeah, we'll, we'll accommodate you probably. No guarantees, but probably. Just want to thank everybody who has downloaded those No Needle Acupuncture chapters. People are starting to see the results, and that is always exciting to hear. You know, I can bend my knee, and I can play the sports that I want, and my headaches aren't as bad as they were. So always a good thing to hear. Needlessacupuncture.net slash protocol. Another option, I'm looking at releasing a Chinese cupping 101 class. Cupping's kind of popular. You know, it's good for, you know, chiropractors, PTs, massage therapists, uh, Probably some other people could benefit from learning how to do it. Why not learn it from the source right here in China? That is a doctorsperspective.net slash cupping. It'll take you to the landing page. You can find out more information about it. Uh, this isn't going to be some 15-hour commute down to another city type of seminar or online class. This is going to be just what you need, not what you don't. Implement Monday morning type of stuff. All right, let's get back to the show because today... I'm so tired of hearing about free this and free that and you know, the big bad corporations and all this stuff, which, you know, that's a controversial topic, obviously. But, um, you know, we'll touch on that a little bit. But she was raised in Russia, so she knows firsthand all about socialism. She's got a great story about going to the grocery store for milk, kind of opened your eyes. And how does, when everybody's guaranteed a job, that creates a, a problem with, you know, who works harder uh, when you go into school, maybe you go to school for free, but then the competition gets out of control and you have to lean more into the circle of distribution. She'll talk about what that means. So nothing is truly free. And also uh, the rise of alcoholism in these types of countries. Well, not to be outdone, she has a math degree from Russia, came to America around 30. She specializes in interior design, specifically kitchens. And we're not talking about just throw rugs and, and chamois. No, I mean, everything from this wall should be moved, the flow of traffic, uh, plus, you know, cabinets and, you know, granite. What do you want? What do you need? She takes care of it all. All right. That's enough. A doctorperspective.net slash seven seven. Let's go. Hashtag behind the curtain. Live from China in Seattle, Washington, we have a fantastic guest today. Well, we have so much going on these days with socialism and communism and, and let's break away from the American tradition and, and give and, and free education and all these kinds of these thought patterns. Well, our guest actually grew up in Siberia, Russia, and then moved to America. So she's going to have a, a, a wonderful background story. So instead of just being doctory today, we're actually going to be a little bit more political. So strap in. I think uh, this should be a fun, fun episode. Her name is Katerina Bolshakova. Welcome to the show. Hi, Justin. Hey, <laughs> that was actually funny. I was like, oh, wait, did she mute, her, mute herself as well? <laughs> so I think you're uniquely qualified to discuss 
the the dichotomy of these rich companies and these poor people from from your youth and from now. So if you don't mind, give us a little bit about your your background and how you became who you are, a designer as well, an interior designer. You're really good at that. Um, give us the lowdown on, on your, your backstory. Oi, um, that's a long story. I can to show the that. I grew in Siberia, and uh, I always was interested in the process of uh, beautifying the environment. It wasn't, it didn't blossom, you know, that desire, because everyone lives in a very standard environments you kind of can predict what you will see because everything is small and the distribution is very limited because in a planned society when uh, government knows what to give you they kind of don't give you a variety and uh, so I became a mathematician and uh, I have a master's degree in applied math but then I married and uh, had children and we moved to America because my husband is the software programmer and here I didn't have a right to work. Um, I was on a special kind of visa. I can but and I was young and energetic so I had an opportunity to go to college and I received my second degree in interior design and was very surprised that um, that profession actually is not all about um pillows and uh, it's more, it's much more logic it's much more about the code the ergonomics the clearances how the uh, houses operate uh, you know and especially if you're involved in commercial so much more technical and uh, that technicality uh, combined with my uh, with beauty it just really worked with my mathematical brain um, just loved that and I walked that path since then. Wouldn't you say the mathematics plays a huge part in the interior design of what's proportionate? You know, there's, they always say like the eyes to your nose, to your forehead, there's a certain proportion that makes people look prettier. And if it's off, you can tell and you're supposed to have like three of this. And I don't know, it just seems like that would be a very complimentary uh, profession when you look at it's not just pillows and couches. It's the where should you put the plugs? How many plugs should you have? Like I didn't realize that that's the stuff that you yeah. do, right? That the uh, the electrical load, uh, the plumbing supposed to work. There are codes for electricity. Um, there are heights for sitting. There are supports. There are angles for your back support. Um, there are certain distances that you could not afford for your chair to move. There's just so many things, and then if you move into color, kids do not see certain colors. Elder people do not see certain colors. How to create an environment that they actually not only look beautiful for your eye, but actually work for that age. It's just so much knowledge nowadays, and people do not realize, and just it's just so funny when you see a childcare was all done and very pale, barely their colors. I'm just like, oh yeah, I bet kids are just <laughs> <laughs> they're they all got ADHD in this yeah. place. Yeah. So bored. Yeah, that's true. Yes. Mm -hmm. Oh man. Oh, since well, since we have you on, and this is a doctor to doctor podcast, have you worked in very many build outs for doctors' offices? Is there like a color scheme that works well or a, a 
kind of a square or circular building that works oh. that seems to work well and any any comments oh, this, on that this square building is always better period <laughs> i just i i have a i was educated in feng shui as well so i don't don't get me started it's a long uh, topic um Yes, I, I'm, I'm glad you asked. Doctor's offices are tricky because you have to walk balance between uh, saying that, hey, I'm prosperous, I am a successful doctor, yet I'm trustworthy. So you are not just showcasing your wealth, uh, uh, but you, you are saying that the environment is supposed to be warm enough, it's supposed to be friendly enough. People with who experience sorrow or pain or loss, they really don't need you to be stark or they don't need you to be bare or they don't need you to be all gilded and rich. They need that environment that is friendly and warm for them that and that supports the idea that doctor actually knows what they're doing and depends on mm-hmm. what what doctor i just recently completed uh, an office for uh, my friends uh, now uh, first so they saved my husband and then i saved their office so um they are uh, they deal a lot with people with brain problems uh sometime um that's an injury or post traumatic or something and people who have a damaged brain um tend to be very sensitive about their environment. And so there's a very, very thin line. How do you walk providing that cheerful and bright, but not overly cheerful and not overly bright office for them to feel like they are taken care of? It's really fun to work on it. You probably have to be very creative in the type of lighting as well then, right? If you have budget, yeah. <laughs> well, there's the like the yellow color. There's the white color. There's kind that's flickers. There's LEDs. Is there like a go-to the go- that's at more like 2018? Yeah, at least a very basic is that please make your light uniform. It just you know at least if you have those uh, those uh, fluorescent or whatnot, just make sure that all the bulbs are the same color. And it just, it, that's my pet peeve. People do not realize how bothersome it is. And, uh, and then if you bother to choose colors, then it's going to be all funny. And yes, it would be uh, better to have a, a whiter light, you know, a little bit on a warm side, but not, not don't go to the yellow old ambient light. And LED good. Yeah, now, nowadays, they are much better. There are much more choice instead of just glaring blue thing. Uh, but there is no natural uh, light mimicking the sun exactly. It's, uh, yeah. That's true. I know my own clinic, I had um, what you were talking about. So I was like, okay, this looks really bad to have the white and the yellow. So I was like, okay, we're rearranging the bulbs. This room is going to be these bulbs. This room is going to be these bulbs. How do we make it work? <laughs> you know, I was like, it's not in the budget to replace like 100 bulbs. It was just mm-hmm. not in the budget. But we could rearrange some bulbs over mm-hmm. like an hour. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, it makes yes. a difference. Well, let's let's jump into this. We were talking about with the election that came through and everybody wants something free. And by golly, these Amazons and Starbucks and these Bank of America, they just they take so much money and they should just give it back to everybody so we can have free education and a, maybe a minimum salary for the entire country. 
But what I, what I don't think they realize is, does everybody get a job? And maybe if you get a job, does that mean you're going to get it where you want to? Like, what, do you potentially have to travel mm-hmm. to some faraway city in the in the cold yep. North Dakota? Because they, there's a supply there. That, hey, you got this job, but this is the only one that's available. So you get to move to North, North Dakota for the next mm-hmm. 20 years. I mean, is that the kind of stuff that can happen? Absolutely. That's how it works. Uh, you know, in the plant society, when government involved heavily in distribution, because what what is they saying? They said everyone has contributed by the talent, and uh, government returns goods by the need. So government will uh, decide what needs do you have. And yes, I am very grateful for my free education, and uh, there was a free medical care as well. And uh, but let let me tell you, first of all, there is no freebies, none. Gov- uh, when you are in a free education society, uh, government become really not interested in weak limbs, that they support the strong and smart. They are not carrying the child with the problem through. Uh, it, they're going to be cut off and, uh, and they, can, they will be um, sentenced to work on a much simpler job because nobody going to hold their hand pulling them through the complete education. And there is huge competition. It is free, but you have to compete with your peers to get to the institution. When you get there, you receive, depending on the institution, but sometimes stellar education. I I, I think my education was really nice. But then... And, and I was guaranteed a job placement, but what job placement means, you are exactly right, Justin, is that whatever is there a demand than whatever you send. And uh, how to remain in a town you want, that's the totally different question. You have to belong to a circle of distribution. That's always a problem with socialism. So if you could not make difference in your salary because everyone of a certain profession receives the same salary across the town. There is no way to earn more. So people start to uh, become a party members or they, uh, or they become some... Uh, Corrupt. It's corruption. Uh, and it's not necessarily <laughs> corrupted with money, but with influence. Because on the world, you want mm-hmm. a better doctor, you want uh, a teacher, you want a better um, socks. I don't know. You with a limited distribution, you still is a human uh, being, and you want to live better because everything is standard. Standard. Then how to how to guarantee how a better doctor? Well, you have to know somebody, and that is all about it. All socialistic life is about knowing somebody. If you could not make better money and buy a better flat or a car, oh, speaking about cars, we had very few of them. <laughs> so um, then you have to know somebody. And corruption runs. After moving here for 10 years or so, I had a recurring nightmare about being totally helpless uh, you know, like I flew with my kids to see my mom and then I couldn't return back because the government just said no. And there's no way to to stand up against it. There's, it's like every, the machine has 
power against you. And it's not, you have to learn to navigate, but you could not fight. It's, yeah. It's really. Because if you fight in those type of cultures, you could actually disappear for a while. Oh, if you fight, there's many interesting outcomes. Uh, you cannot even disappear, but because it's all government controlled, your career is going to be halted. Or the career of your spouse going to be halted. Or it's going to be pro- prohibited from ending that uh, education. Or, you know, everything is controlled. Don't, uh, don't forget. And it just... It's scary, people. <laughs> Socialism. <laughs> yeah. So it's almost a good thing to be like a doctor, perhaps, because if you want good health care, everybody wants good health care, especially the big deals and every big corporation that you might, they want, you, you want your kids to go to their school or to get into that job and they want their health care to be the best it can be. So there's a mutual relationship there. And even though both people's salaries are pretty much stuck, all of a sudden, your your kids going to a school that you're not really zoned to be in because you know somebody who can pull yes. strings. Uh, it's it's good to belong to the circle of distribution period. Whatever profession it might be, you know, if you are a librarian, you don't have much leverage. If you are no. <laughs> you know, if, a factory worker. Yeah. If you are a factory worker, a programmer, or anybody that just are a small part of a big machine, you have no leverage. If you are a good doctor, if you are a good translator, if you are somebody good, then you still receive the same salary as the very, very mediocre doctor in your department who basically ha- doesn't know anything but still receive the very same salary but people from the circle of distribution will reach to you to take care of their mom their child uh, somebody and you will have that uh, ability to influence your life a little bit like a better concert here and there or uh, uh, unavailable mm-hmm. flight or whatnot but it's could you imagine the level of management that you have to care uh, to to navigate that it's just i mean actually i can believe that you know um, where i live and um you know, see some of this but that is just wild because you don't think about i think america has this utopian dream that everything is going to stay exactly the same as it is now just but the, yeah just we're gonna have all you know you can still have all the businesses you want the government's not gonna well if you start listening to some of the politician it does sound like they're always want a little bit more power a little bit more uh control mm-hmm. over this control over that and to me they don't run much mm-hmm. very efficiently so i really don't really personally i just don't want to give them any more money because mm-hmm. they don't re- they're not very efficient mm-hmm. to begin with but in, in places like russia and uh europe and all that don't they pay Double the amount of tax that we typically pay in America to cover all this free stuff? Oh, double is another statement. You know, there's no free things Ooh. in the world, right? Uh, everything costs money. So your yeah. free education, uh, you, you know, I received the, stip- uh, I don't know how to call it, stipend. So I, yeah, uh, I was paid yeah. for to go to school uh, once I get there and had good grade. So, but when uh-huh. and for the free hospitalization for free everything uh it's not like god given everything's supposed to uh cost there's uh, you know the, the equipment the rent uh, the light the garbage everything costs money <laughs> so if you take a look at how much an average mid-class american 
receives to their receive to their pocket out of what they earn. You know, it just say mm-hmm. somebody has a junior designer and they pay them $45 per hour and they bill them for uh, $90 per hour. So, and that 45 is what the person receives and then they pay taxes and everything. So, but basically out of what they worth, out of that bill of $90, they receive at least third, at least 30% they receive to their pocket. So in the Soviet Union, in the Soviet mm. Union, you received four to seven. Oh my. Four to seven. To pay for that, it would be four to seven. And this is, it's not a joke. This is why people drink so heavily. It's just because when they're young and they are energetic and they want change and they have so much ideas, they receive that education and they go and go and pedal. And then they realize that the person, you know, in that same department doesn't pedal. And the person in the department across the uh, you know hallway doesn't pedal as well and still receive those salaries. They just barely learned how to navigate the meeting and how to look smart or how to uh, do a report so it looks decent. And they make a ten tenth of what you do, but they receive the same salary. People become disheartened. Why would they contribute further? If there is no point, you could not guarantee better education to your kids. You could not have a better vacation. Uh, you know, you can put a little bit, you know, safe here and there. And uh, but I, I, you know, I mean, largely, you are you are doomed to have the mediocre uh, life, no matter how bright and as. Uh, you are, you know, it, it's not about money only because it's, don't get me wrong, it's not about a better life meaning a, a bigger car. It means that you don't have a, f- a freedom of choosing nothing. Right. It just, people, especially men, become, they start to drink just because, you know, they they could not make it. What else is they, there to they do? They could not make a difference. Uh, you know, women are more yeah. entangled with the household and children and everything. And this is why my generation and generations previously had such a huge drinking problem. Because, you know, when you're young, you don't see it. When you are starting to work, that becomes obvious. And people steal and people are in the corruption. It's just you it just I, I don't know I, I don't know how to explain for people to believe me it just to pay for that education for that medical care it just you have to you have to rob your citizens and I think we've all seen it where you're the one who ends up doing the work for us you now for a school project there's a team of four of you one or two people ends up doing more work than everybody mm-hmm. else but everybody gets the same mm-hmm. grade and if you don't know how to kiss butt well then the person who actually didn't do much work will be like, oh, look at everything that I did and they already like mm-hmm. you. So all of a sudden that person gets the raise or gets the mm-hmm. promotion and you're like, are you kidding me? The worst person? You're like, yeah, he was the most mm-hmm. sociable. And whatever that society values is, is they can be good at that and then get promoted. That, it's, a, just, it sucks. it's human nature. And, uh, and the human nature got amplified in the socialistic environment because you have to be, you have to have a kind of, your moral standards supposed to be dummified for you to succeed there. You have to 
your moral compass supposed to be a little bit lower to navigate. And and uh, hmm. if if you are navigating successfully, I bet that e- e- either you are very talented and very uh, in demand, or you are stealing things, or you are corrupt as hell. <laughs> I, I heard. I don't know how true this is per se, but you know, a lot of college kids here. You know, they're definitely the only opinion that is good is like the liberal opinion, and then once they actually get into the real world and have to like make money and they realize how much goes to the government for taxes and for this tax and property tax and all this stuff, all of a sudden they start thinking, yeah, I don't know how much I like this whole giving away everything. They're like, I'd like to keep it. Maybe that's not something I really align on in the financial. Maybe socially I'm okay with still being that way, but not the financial mm-hmm. part. And so then they have a crossroads like, well, what? A, how do I wrestle with that? You know, it, you know it's always there's no freebies and there is always why. You, you know, before you say that you want a free distribution or you want that person to give more money, just say why. Or So there should be a reason, like the bad guys, presumably, right, that like an Amazon or something, they becoming so filthy rich, but they give, they give heavily, they contribute to society. It's just that society tries to milk them heavier. And, <laughs> and um, that's what I was mm-hmm. about to go ahead. Let me let me set you up for a good uh-huh. question on this one. So when we look at like if America was going to go this way, would the government own? Would the government be able to come in and like, take over Amazon and Best Buy and Walmart, or would they still be privately, you know, privately held per se? And then the government would just like tax them like crazy to where they might have like, look, you can no longer make more than ten percent profit. Everything else go back into the government. Is that what they would do? And like you said, they want to milk Amazon right now. There's a big fight in, in Seattle. They want to tax them more because there's a, uh, I think there's like a housing shortage. And so this is how they are going to pay for some of the building. What's your view on that? And some of the kind of questions I just mentioned. It depends on the model. Uh, socialism could be tackled differently. We kind of had a hard one when everything was government owned uh, we didn't have no no private businesses and as you know Russia pulled out of that model so there are, there are plenty of, uh, of people now who are involved in the different sizes and uh, different businesses so that was just a horrible way to oh, do it like the government owns things. It's just really, really bad, and they they figured that out and said, "Okay, okay, people can not, own it." Not that it's that they figured it out. It just fell apart because it it, oh. it it that model works the best when you have a war because then everything is centralized and you can centrally distribute uh, the food, the goods, the uh, ammunition uh, from the entire country. You can build roads and make your distribution effective. But once there's no war, then it's a little bit more complex and uh, it's kind of hard to do and easy to steal. (laughs) People, uh, the the Soviet Union was stolen, basically. It was redistributed to pockets of the the party leaders and their families. It it just, the whole country went bankrupt because of of that. And uh, and again, you know, it's like an unlimited power when once you are there. Boy, I, I don't want to be there personally, but there are people who do. And uh, 
But in mm-hmm. the northern countries uh, in Europe, they have a different model. They still have businesses, but it's heavily controlled. But the idea is the same. They are taxed very heavily and bright people leave. If you will tell me that, you know, there's a beautiful society up north in Europe, I will tell you that I know at least five people who left because they they want better. They don't want to give up uh, 70% in taxes and then pay for flat and for, for foods. So like literally, if you can leave, you're like, I'm capable of leaving and starting a business and doing the same thing somewhere else that actually I can make, like I said, I can keep 70% mm-hmm. of the profit. Well, why in the world mm-hmm. would I stay? Like, I can just go home and visit from time to time. Yes. <laughs> if you can leave, you will leave. So I will, if America, God forbid, will move to that direction, I will leave. <laughs> and <laughs> and uh, I hope uh, young people who want to see their power to fruit, you know. So if, if they are if they're smart, if they are uh, talented, if they are artistic, if there's no reason to suffer. Oh, and by the way, about artists, uh, everyone's supposed to work yeah. in, in, in Soviet Union, right? So if you are an artist, you are, are forced to work. There is no such a profession. There was very few government-sponsored uh, uh, artists who... There's only so many murals that they yeah, can paint on a building. Yeah, if you can do a good Stalin portrait or good whatever, you know. So, <laughs> <laughs> but if you are expressionalist, if you are in a Fauvism, if you are in some other weird uh, word uh, of the expression of your feelings or uh, vision, uh, you are out of luck. You would be... <laughs> You would be forced to work as the janitor or whatever, uh, otherwise you're going to go to jail. So, you know, so there's no freebies, absolutely none. Wow. And I think this has been good. I'm not a political genius or anything. You can obviously tell that everyone. But um, it's just a good, I think what what we're talking about is the, the far end of where it can go, where it can lead to. Because I think there, you know, people have an idea that health is a fundamental right. Okay. I mean, I don't, I don't oppose that. But at the same time, I'm like, you have to pay for it somehow. Everybody is going to have to take a pay cut in taxes, or they're going to go after huge companies and try to take mm-hmm. it from them. But then they just pass that back on to you mm-hmm. in higher prices. No, your, your fundamental right is to get better, to get smarter, and to work uh, providing value of sorts and be compensated for that. If your value is miserable, that's going to be your salary. If your value is huge or in demand, that's going to be your better salary. That is your fundamental right. There is no fundamental right to be a suckling. You know, it just... (laughs) You you know, and something I've learned here is when you're 15 and 16, you know there's people that were like, I'm too cool for school. Let's get drunk. Let's just go play sports. And they don't really mature in the educational part until later and they're like oh yeah let me actually do something and like try well guess what you're done in most of those societies like you played around when you're 16 cool you can scrub toilets for the Mm -hmm. rest of your life because the person who cared is the one that's going to go on to be the lawyers and the government officials and all those types of people there's no going back to school when you're like 23 or 25 like let me get a degree now no (laughs) good luck i don't mean some places they don't even like yeah it's not written on stone it wasn't but it was extremely rare so there are 
there was such a thing as an older student, but they were weirdos. Uh, so if we had <laughs> the bunch of 18-year-old uh, had a 24-year in, in the class, that meant that maybe they uh, they had a mental problem or maybe they were in the army and then did something else. But it really is a very rare occasion. And if you finished one degree, there is almost no way to switch later in life. Just because you are busy making uh, your 7% of your worth to feed your family, you could not just drop it and go back for free education. Uh, it just... Uh, and uh, there was such a way as uh, having an evening education or uh, in education by mail, but it's never was in demand by employers as well. So because of the quality of it was subpar, yeah, but and it takes a long time. So there, so if you really wanted to, there were ways. But for example, when I was receiving my second degree here. We had, you know, I thought I'm old, right? I was 30. So I was kind of a little bit nervous. And But there were a woman who was uh, 46. And then I inter- intersected with a lady who was 62. And she, uh, I don't know how mm. successful she was uh, after that, but she felt she needed it and she went ahead with it. And it's beautiful. You can learn tricks any age. You can make something out of your life. You can change. You can pivot. You can choose not to work and be, uh, or you can work your buttocks off and have a, a, a considerable life. It just, it's all in your hands. And that's beauty of it. Be better and, uh, and your life would be better for you and for your kids. And you will decide for better. I'm not talking about Ferraris. I'm talking about better food, better rest. Oh, yeah. That's so funny that we have to clarify that because food, you don't need five varieties of carrots, but we have it, right? You know, and and we just take that for granted. Like, well, which I want organic, I want grass fed, I want antibiotic free. You're like, what? (laughs) You're like, some places that's not even an option. It's you want some beef, you want, there's no quality beef, it's just beef. You would be like, this this cow is starving. Yeah, yeah, the milk was delivered to, uh, three times uh, a week when the distribution worked, right? When distribution worked, the store was a kilometer and a half away. The milk was delivered in the hours when my mom was at work. So I was on to purchase milk mm. products. So, and I was, uh, you know, anywhere from 8 to 14 uh twice a week, going to that store, picking up those bottles and carrying them back. But then uh, the crisis stuck. And uh, when I was, so when distribution fails, then it was a starvation situation. So when, when, when I was walking to the bus, to, to, the, uh, to the bus station uh, early morning, and I saw a huge line of women that were lining up prior store to open in hopes that they will get a carton of milk, uh, I was just like, oh my God, thanks God I don't have kids. Because wow. when distribution fails, it just droplets still there. But then the, remember the circle of distribution, then the uh, the salespersons and their mothers and their doctors and their teachers and everybody uh, will be 
having that bottle of milk put on a side for them to stop by later and pick up. And those who don't belong yep. to the circle of distribution would be fighting at the door and not for the new Galaxy phone, but for the bottle of milk. Uh, it's Right. Well, if you look at like, a hurricane, when a hurricane passes through Florida, it's pretty quick. They've had some, you know, uh, a couple of years ago, trucks couldn't mm-hmm. get in. People like didn't have food. Like you just didn't have food because there was no trucks. Like it's very quick to run of food. The distribution center that we have is amazing. And when, as soon as it gets shut down, it doesn't take long for a store to run out of the essentials. Right. But here there was so many, so many people with a good will or people who wanted money and the builders moved to Florida to participate in a building prop uh, and make some money. And uh, people were bringing food and make money. Maybe it's, uh, it's filthy. Because maybe it's filthy to make money on somebody sort of, but at least there was, there was distribution. But government is big and their the reach is limited. So the crucial towns, like towns that produce aluminum or uh, uranium or something, they would be distributed better. They would be supplied better. And the towns that don't have crucial uh, manufacturing uh, thing is, then that they will receive worse distribution. It's and probably Soviet Union model was a just a horrific one. But I'm telling you, the whole idea is wrong. Just because it's it's going to be the same thing. You're going to be dictated how to teach your children, how to treat your children, how to, it just oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. It gets crazy. Well, let's let's switch gears. And I don't want to keep you forever on this call. And I really appreciate your time. I always love asking this question because you have a business. You got a. You're successful. Your husband's successful. Do you have like a morning routine or like a lunch routine that sets you up for the rest of the day? <laughs> are you kidding? I'm all in routines. I'm covered in them. They are kind of give me happiness a little bit. I'm trying to catch the glimpse of happiness here and there. Yeah, I like to uh, to do a very quick, not not burdensome uh, workout, and then I uh, like my much a not burdensome workout. I, I I I do not do uh, you know 500 repetitions of uh, crunches or or something. I I just do okay. uh, 15 minutes, uh, 30 minute workout to wake up to uh, to make sure that all my muscles working, to make sure that all my joints. Uh, kind of flexed, and then I, I sounds good to me. <laughs> and then I go to have my cup of matcha. Love matcha. Oh, yeah, matcha. love matcha. And uh, you know, hour later I will have a nice breakfast. And I like uh, as a designer, I'm visual, so I, I kind of arrange my uh, my avocado toast as mundane as it sounds. <laughs> 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 uh, and uh, and an egg and a bacon, pretty and uh, yeah, kind of. I I try to uh, ha- stick to a certain schedule and try to uh, have pleasures. So I kind of I know what pleasuresome to me. Even walk my dogs and look at them playing, just like that was a moment of happiness. So I kind of like that. I like that word, a moment <laughs> of happiness. When my kid calls, you know, when my kids call, that that really nice too they don't call often but yeah once a week i I learned that from a friend in in chiropractic school he he's like every sunday i call my family i call my grandma i kind of thought about that and i started implementing that in my my life and that was amazing like i called my grandma she's like hey what's going on i was like nothing 
just wanted to call and talk. She's like, okay. So we would just talk for a little bit about work or whatever. She would just listen and, you know, she didn't have much mm-hmm. going on. She's like, I just been watching soap operas and eating and nothing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she didn't really contribute a ton to the conversation, but she really, really appreciated that's, it. That's true. Yeah. That's just a little contribution that you can make in a <laughs> happy moments of your mom. Yeah. I always, my mom would always call me or like text me later. She's like, I know you just called grandma because she always calls me whenever she gets off the phone with you. Guess who called me? <laughs> so that's always fun. Hey, do you happen to have a favorite book, podcast, iPhone app that you secretly love and one that you would highly recommend to other people? Oi, I don't know. I'm not really techie. So I listen podcasts, but I, I do not. Oh, I love Marie Forleo. That woman, uh, she she has B school program, and uh, her, uh, Marie Forleo, uh, she uh, she's amazing. Okay. That woman is a mother. Uh, she's an engine. She and she's so nice and so fun. I do love Marie Forleo. That would be for podcast thing. She uh, she has her own TV. Um, kind of thingy going on and uh, her b-school is amazing i highly recommend that uh, she yanked my business out of nowhere because it's hard to think on those terms when you grew up in so- socialistic society oh she's the she's the yeah. b-school the um i had a guest or two talk about she has some amazing class for getting your avatar or something it, she has a down, system. it's a week-long Oh, it's a, no, no, it's not week long. It's a, I think it's a six lessons. Everyone is a kind of, I think it's like a five, six week program. It has homework. It has beautiful material and avatar and everything. It's just in the, in the first lessons, she goes deep and uh, she provides an amazing, amazing value for that 2000 that her B-school was. So that's what, what I love uh, to recommend. Um, I listen to a number of design podcasts and about books. I just love to read and we read aloud. Uh, so if you guys are planning to keep your kid with two languages, which I would highly recommend because there's no pain, no point not to, it's such an advantage. I would, I would recommend yeah. to start early to read aloud. So we uh, read al- aloud with our kids and we kind of turned, uh, we took turns and uh, now kids are gone. We still have that habit. So <laughs> we, we, it's really nice when I do something kind of mechanical, you know, polishing my kitchen design or something, and my husband reads me, uh, or he does something and I read him. It's very nice. I have to warn you, 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 you become a much more critical to a written word than than you were if you if you read in quietly because when you pronounce sentences you start to kind of oh my god that was beautiful or or like i could not read some books because the language is so lousy and i don't care how popular book is it's just like oh really (laughs) okay i have to ask then um is his native english and yours is is no we're both russian we both uh, we both, oh, both Russian. Russian. We okay. married in Russia, and uh, he got invited because he is a programmer of a very high level. So he got invited and worked for oh, okay. government first, and then uh, then we moved to uh, to a private business with him. And uh, now we both Russians. Mm-hmm. 
Okay. When you're raising the kid, I, you know, my wife speaks Chinese. I speak English. She has an accent and I butcher it. <laughs> <laughs> so our plan, this is our plan. She speaks Chinese mostly to the kid. Mm-hmm. I'll speak English, you know, and we'll read books in mm-hmm. our, each other's language. That's our plan. I don't know if that's a good plan, but that's kind of what we're I thinking. think it's a wonderful plan. Also would say that I saw so many families that gave up language for no reason. And they just like, how could I enforce it if uh, if we are working and uh, kids speaks English all the time anyway? Kids love rules. And if you say that only Chinese with mama and only uh, English with dad or only such language at home, no exception. Except, you know, maybe when your guests come in, you could not force guests to Russian. Right. But uh, they... I better learn. I better learn Chinese. I'm never going to know what she's saying. <laughs> if the, <laughs> you better translate yeah, to my kid. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, I, I think it's a good thing to do. Uh, probably your life would be a little bit more colorful there. Talk about. Yeah. Hey, last question. For those of us who are adventurous eaters, is there something that we should eat in Russia? Something that you miss? A comfort food that we should all mm. try? Whether it's a dessert or a breakfast oh. food or a meat or anything? Um, there's nothing you cannot get here uh, because we have very, there's, when I grew up, there were not a lot of uh, processed food. So uh, you cook a lot and uh, there's borscht, of mm. course, and blini. Uh, so they are we're probably familiar, but borscht is a soup out of beet and vegetables. And, uh, but you have to, you have to try it from the good cook because yeah, everything is supposed to be sublime. The the meat is supposed to be good. And uh, blini is good with uh, with caviar. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> you know, it, it, when when there was a, a scarcity of everything during the holidays, during the new year, there were uh, some rare products that could be could surface on the shelves of the stores. So you know. And because of the scarcity, and it's kind of the historical Russian luxury food, right? So, yeah, we still get cover uh, once a year, but not. And I don't like it that much now, but I liked it before, probably because it was a luxury item. Yeah. And uh, other than that, the food is really similar. The desserts are infinitely better, though. Americans are um, trying to over sugar things all the time. I don't get modern frosting made of, I don't know what, <laughs> petroleum. I have no idea. But um, exactly. um, if it's all made from scratch, it's just better. Yeah, I have to bake when I miss that because there's no way to find something that would be nourishing and not over sweet in desserts. But yeah. My wife, half the sugar or more than half the sugar in one of the my mom's classic mm-hmm. recipes. And you, you could tell there mm-hmm. was a difference because of that. But like, if you just switched all the pies at that point mm-hmm. to that style, after a day of eating that pie, you wouldn't realize it was half the sugar. I was like, my goodness, what is wrong with these recipes? Like, they really think it needs this much sugar then? Yeah, like, you crazy. taste sugar. And if you half it at least, then you start to taste pumpkin or cherry or <laughs> what kind of crust it was. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's what that tastes like. Oh, I don't like cherries at all now. 
<laughs> yeah, when you take a fruit that's supposed to be like sour and ends up being sweet, you're like, this doesn't make much sense. What did we do here? <laughs> that's weird. Uh, well, how can people get in contact with you, especially if they're interested in, in hiring you for inter interior design work or anything like um, that? I My company name is KB Design. You know, Katerina Bolshakova Design, but it's cool also could be perceived as kitchen bath design. Um, I oh. am in Seattle and I would love to to uh, help. Um, I didn't tell you, but I kind of specialize in kitchens. I just ended up there. I do the entire designs and I do commercial, but kitchens are my mainstream just because probably of my mathematical background. Once you start to make them it's a challenge and i love it and uh, people appreciate and kind of give my name so i do a lot of kitchens <laughs> that's like what like islands and lazy susans on the inside of cabinets and like, uh, all that type of stuff together? yes but more like got the old one and design the new with the nice traffic that uh you don't have to walk around that stupid peninsula or uh have a nice Oh, have a nice focal point. You know, bring it to this century. Have materials up to your expectation of maintenance. You know, everybody is different. Somebody, everyone loves the marble, but not everyone ready to maintain it, you know? So, but... Uh, <laughs> I'm going to be fake all day. <laughs> Less I mean, if it looks correct, I just want to yeah, wipe it Maintenance, livability, um necessity for storage and traffic and kids uh, all different for from person to person there's no reason to live in standard environments right so i'm all for personalization right. after living in soviet union for 30 years <laughs> <laughs> well you know every house is different and then you got every house is different along with every couple is different the possibilities mm -hmm. are endless so like it's got to be very mm -hmm. rewarding and challenging mm -hmm. i love day. it i love it people are most interesting creatures uh, it's very entertaining <laughs> and uh, and uh, i love it i love to learn his taste and her taste and when they think that they, they are close to divorce you kind of provide them a decision and just like oh it's kind of worked for both of us <laughs> Yeah. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Compromise. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Very cool. Katerina, thank you so much for, for being on the show. I hope some people will get in contact with you. And uh, just thank you so much for your insight and, uh, and, and just bringing thank it today. So, thank, thank you, you Justin. Again. And for me, it was a, an important thing to do, too, because I kind of wanted to get it off my chest. People do not realize what it is. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Well, I'm glad to give you, an, uh, give you a microphone. You. People ask a good bit. How do you monetize a podcast? Well, if you have a big enough audience, you can just get advertisers and they just pay you a fee. Other times, you got to get a little creative, like with affiliates. So you recommend a product and then you get a commission. But hopefully you actually enjoy the product that you're recommending. And in this case, I do. So a doctorsperspective.net slash resources, you'll have all this stuff like Blueberry for the hosting. That's what I use. Set for set. They've got these wild steel maces. Well, I don't use that. They do have these power bands and they're great for stretching and mobilizing joints that definitely are locked up mentor box get a book listen to it by the author summarizing the book but also things that they learned since they wrote it as well as a workbook to help you out we got primal doc as a coupon code for primal health bone broth it's paleo autoimmune diet based you got no sugar no soy no 
no allergies, no gluten, no dairy. And you can save 10% off with the promo dot code. You got Russell Brunson and ClickFunnels. If you ever wanted dot-com secrets or expert secrets, if you click that link, you can get the book at a good price as well as help me out. And then underneath that, Amazon, anything that the guests recommend, if you see a hot link, a blue link in the show notes, if you click those and buy one of their books or one of the products, I'll get a little piece of that. And I appreciate it. We have got new t-shirts. We've got a Louisiana theme. It's my home state. So I'm kind of fond of it. We've got a make lemon out of lemonades t-shirt. And of course, some chiropractic shirts that are uh, tongue in cheek, but hopefully you guys like them and gals. Also, if you're into lessons learned in China, my first book, uh, exercises, stretches to help with numbness, budgeting, all that type of thing. You can try four chapters free, doctorperspective.net slash chapters. Also, acupuncture. If you like no needle acupuncture, if you like that idea, if you always wanted to try it, but you don't have one nearby or you just don't have two hours a day to go, you know, commuting and getting the treatment and everything, there's something you can do at your house, 30 minutes for a little over a week and you can see results. Now, doctorsperspective.net slash NA protocol, as in needless acupuncture. So NA protocol, and you get four chapters for free. These complete with the words and the pictures and how to do it, how, when you should do it, all those types of questions. Anxiety, insomnia, back pain, headaches. So check that out. You'll be forwarded to a page uh, with a video, and all you gotta do is put your email in. And if you don't like the upsell after that, just scroll to the bottom, click no, and then you'll get to the next page. It's where you can actually download them. Also, if you've looked at doing an acupuncture pin, it's kind of like a tinge unit you would use for your muscles, but it's been modified for stimulating acupuncture points run off of a 9-volt battery. You can go to doctorsperspective.net slash epin, and you can buy that on the website as well. Thank you all so much for checking out all these resources. And if you have any questions, please let me know. Uh, rank us five stars, leave a review. Greatly appreciated. As always, if you have any special guests that you would love to hear or a series that you would like, reach out on the top right of the website. You have all the social media icons. Just click the one that's your favorite and connect. We just went hashtag behind the curtain and this episode has come to an end. I hope you got the right dose for your optimal life. Please spread the word about this podcast by telling two friends, sharing on social media, and visit the show notes on a doctorsperspective.net to see all the references from today's guest. A sincere thank you in advance. You've been listening to Dr. Justin Trosclair, giving you a doctor's perspective.